When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. Hey, we're back again after, I suppose, after after kind of a challenging two weeks after Leeds and, and Southampton. But we're back again, small bit of a, a, a looking forward element, I think, to this game against Arsenal on Sunday at 7.15. Uh, the last game that would be on pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken, Paddy, Um because yeah. we're going to the international break and it's more or less been announced today that they're going to scrap it and free to air a lot of the, the games, if not all of the games going forward. So people power, there is a there is a bit of people power going on across the Atlantic at the moment, seems to be, and, and without getting down the political rabbit hole, um, people power has really, uh, in a really kind of uh, forced the hand of Sky, of BT, and of the Premier League, Paddy. And I suppose that's where we're going to start. Firstly, the the pay per view seems to be knocked in the head. Common sense. Think so. Yeah. Um. As you say, people power has won. I think the most important people have been forgotten about in all this, and that's the fans who are missing out more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I'm glad that the fans have done it. Maybe maybe there's more uh, scope for us to do it in the future with different uh, decisions that are made. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's come down to the fact that we we now have been uh, we're top of the league of of money that was paid to to pay for this uh, service. Mm-hmm. So um, it it hits it hits Villa fans the most. But look, there, there's ways around it, and people will find ways around it if they continue it and. It wouldn't exactly encourage me to to be a Sky or BT uh, customer, so it's a it's it's a good decision from their point of view or, or Premier League point of view that they want to protect what they already have. 
So, you know, it's a, it's a good decision. It probably should have been, shouldn't have come to it in the first place. As we said before, there, there, there would have, we would have no objection to paying the lower uh, price point for it. So I think we hopefully, judging by what we read this morning, we can draw a line under it and, and move on. Yeah, I... I think it's common sense to get rid of it in its current guise. I've been very vocal and I said there was ways to do this that would have kept everybody happy. They chose not to. They dug their heels in and the only way to turn around from this point of view was to completely scrap it. They could not come up with a compromise after they went They went full in with the 15 quid per game and they didn't, um, they didn't segregate the games out. So they didn't change the games that were going to be on Sky to reflect the fact that, as you say, it costs some people, it will cost some people, I think it's almost 60, 60 quid or 55 quid or 59 quid or something like that to watch all the games in October. So they, they kind of they kind of did back themselves into a corner. Um, if people weren't paying for it, there was no point in, in, in doing it. And look, we it's 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 a it's a nice concession and and long may it continue i would I, I would think but it doesn't substitute for getting into the ground and watching the games so i suppose really the the sooner we we focus on the real enemy here which is covid19 get that sorted uh, and so on and then, then we can move on from this and um you know, put this behind us. I think that's that's the main thing. Because whether it's on pay-per-view or not, ain't going to win any games for Aston Villa. All it's really going to do is just make sure that the people who want to see it and the people who should be able to see games are able to see games in these troubling times. So, um, and I and I, I it is important to 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 recognize it and to mention it that uh. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have done a lot of work uh, on the back of food bank uh, donations. Um, I think there's it's, there, there's there's been a lot of people working in Birmingham and uh, throughout the whole of, of the UK to donate as opposed to buy the game. So instead of buying the game for 15 quid, donate your food bank. And there's been lots of money raised off the back of that as well. So it's great to see that in the, the I suppose, in the storm of a crisis, that something very good has come from this. And, and the silver lining from it is that there are food banks all over the UK that wouldn't have got tens of thousands of do, of uh, pounds and donations other of, uh, only for this. But, you know, it's so so yeah. that that's that's kind of the silver lining from this cloud as well. Um, but as I mentioned, we will still have to fork out the fifteen ninety nine or the seventeen ninety nine as it is over here. I think for, in euros for the game on Sunday, uh, should we feel legal and want to watch it legally, um, and we're away to Arsenal, we make the trip to the Emirates, and uh, a resurgent Arsenal under a manager that I like and I like his style. Uh, before I go into what my feelings are, I suppose, about this Arsenal team, Paddy, do you, is this an Arsenal team that we're used to seeing? Is this more of a, and I know that's difficult, it's kind of difficult to answer, and I'll go into that in my answer in a moment, but is this an Arsenal team that we're used to seeing? Is this, is this the Arsenal, Arsenal of old that we're seeing again? Or, or, or what do you make of this Arsenal team itself? Um, it's hard to put a finger on it. Obviously, you can't watch every game, and I've, I've, I've watched a bit of their last two Europa League games, and they've been very much changed for Europa League. So I, I expect I expect them to be fresh on Sunday because of that, um, and obviously hot off the heels of, of beating Man U. Um, but I think I think we're seeing um, a little bit of the going back to the one 0 to the Arsenal kind of ways that. You know they're not going to go 
bald headed for for results and and goal difference. You know, they haven't, with with the exception of Fulham, they haven't really put any goals on the board. Um, taken away from the fact that they played Dundalk and Mould in the in the Europa League, but um, you know, they lost one nil to Leicester, still tight. One nil to Man City, very tight. Beat Sheffield United two one. I'm expecting it to be more of the same. Um, I am quietly optimistic that if we if we can if we can keep them till half time, I think it's very important. I think we've got to go back. More importantly than how Arsenal are doing, we've got to go back to the, the to how we were starting the season and being very tight at the back, and that's what needs to change for us on Sunday. But um, obviously, Arsenal have been you know they've, they've been really bolstered by the likes of Party arriving to the to the game. Uh, to the to the squad, I should say, and he's made a huge difference to them. Um, and you know they're 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 a team of players now instead of a team of of just a couple of stars, which they have been for many years. So um, I'm wary of them. Um, a win is not beyond us, but I I would cautiously say that it's it, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. But I don't expect there to be too many goals in it. Yeah, probably have an answer to your question there about Arsenal. Whenever <laughs> you did, you, you mentioned the back to the one 0 to the Arsenal. That's exactly what, like, because when I first started following football, like, um, following following Aston Villa, but Arsenal were managed by George Graham, then Bruce Rioch, and then you had the Arsenal Wenger days. So, like, when I think of Arsenal, I still I don't think of the Invincibles an awful lot. Okay, I think of Perez and Henri because I really like their link up and and everything that that they had going for them. But when I think of Arsenal, I think of Winterburn, Adams, Keown, Dixon, and Seaman behind them. That's what I think of. I think of that back four with David Seaman behind them. And I think of how st- how stable it was. And, and and you guys will have heard me talk about the stability of having a back four. I would have referenced Sir Alex Ferguson's teams back in the back in the day of Pallister and uh, and Bruce. But this was as stable a back four as you could ever hope to have. I mean, they must have played together for the Bones of 10 years, that, that back four on goalkeeper. That they were always yeah. together. And it was only when, it was only really when, uh, I sp- you know, the, the emergence of Ashley Cole came in there and uh, the, uh, there was a couple of other guys. Cicino, I think, was, an, was another guy who came in there. Um, but there was, there, there was, there was a change in, in, in Arsenal's mindset. Arsene Wenger came in. He kept that back four because of its stability and the goalkeeper. He brought a bit more of a steel into midfield with Vieira and Petit. Then he brought the flair up front with Burkamp, Henri. Initially, he, he, uh, you know, initially bringing those guys in there to help. And then he had Lundberg and Perez uh, on the wings. So he, it was built from a very, very strong base. Arteta is trying to do this but he's trying to do it in a newfangled way. The stable base he's creating is having mobile defenders with two very active, but very defensive minded players in front of them with El Nenny and party. Everyone's seen that video, video going around at the moment of El Nenny, and he literally sprints around the field chasing everybody for about six and a half minutes straight. And it's all one passage of play and it's bloody unbelievable. And I love it. Love seeing that. Um, because it's gone out of the game and and it's like everything within within fashion, everything within within music, everything is cyclical. 
it will be cyclical again in in um in sport. And if we think back to the good Barcelona teams of of the 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 mid to mid to late two thousands, that's what they had. They endeavoured to get the ball back. They had people like Busquets or they had people like uh, Xavi, Iniesta, able to hear around the field, win the ball back, but very good, but very good at it in possession. So I'm very worried about this Arsenal team. And the reason I'm worried about this Arsenal team is I think they've found what they've been looking for, probably since. Three years before Wenger left, maybe could be ten years. My, they've been looking for this. Yeah, the, the only thing from my point of view is um, there's not many goals in them. I don't know whether that's part of the tactics that they they, they get they get what they need and they sit back. You know, it, t- it took them a while to break down Manu, albeit only a penalty. Uh, Lacazette doesn't seem to score many goals, and Aubameyang hasn't mm-hmm. scored many this season either. Um, one of their main threats for me and possibly the sign of the season for anybody and it amazes me that Chelsea let anyone go is William. Yeah. I absolutely think he's one of the best players ever to grace the Premier League and grossly underrated. Um, he's the ability to pick apart a team in, in, in the space of... like he, he, He's the kind of player that could be missing for 60 minutes and then on 64 minutes, they're training it up and you're going, that's all because of William and that's the kind of stuff that he can do. Um, so he, he's my he's my main worry along with Aubameyang. Um and then you know it's, it's a strange kind of system which you know the like last week I tried to pick what they did with the back four, but it's not a back four really. It's a back three yeah. changing to a back four when they lose the ball with Bellerin slot, slotting back in beside uh, Gabriel Holding and Kieran Tierney. Um, different going again from Kieran Tierney who. I would have watched over the years playing for Celtic. He's smashing player, smashing player, bombing on, not doing that amount of uh, attacking that it, that he would have done over the years. Um, but you know, for me, the threat, the threat definitely is Willian and Aubameyang. Um, and you know, it's a good solid midfield. It'd be hard to break them down. Um, how we're going to do that will be interesting. Um, and I'm sure we'll get on to see what kind of changes we're going. We're, we well, we have to make obviously from. Yeah, we we've got uh, Triori at least out injured, um. But um, yeah, that's you know, in in summary, I don't think there'll be many goals. I I think it'll be an an interesting game of chess, and once we can keep it tight, I I think we'll be in with it with fighting chance. Um, but it it's it's going to need a goal as first half for us to have any hope, in my opinion. We need we need to be really solid at the back. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you've kind of summed it up for me there as well. We cannot let, like, like you mentioned, Lacazette hasn't scored an awful lot this season. Aubameyang hasn't scored an awful lot this season. The Aston Villa of old would be the team they would want to find. They would want to find them in the fixture list and go, right, time to bag in a brace or a hat-trick against this team. We have conceded in the last two games. They can score world-class goals. We've conceded world-class goals in the last two games. But it's all about getting that defensive structure in front of the back four. Um, getting that right, I don't know whether it means you bring in a Conor Horan in, in into this team and uh, and drop him a bit more, a bit deeper, and put McGinn a, a bit forward and take out take out Backley. Uh, I don't envisage that's what's going to happen, but I don't know whether that would wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, like mm. Conor Horan is so polarizing, like he's 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 just so po- polarizing. People, you either love him or you hate him. We love him. I think he can do that job. He's done it for Ireland. He's done it for Aston Villa before. Um, and uh, I think he could be invaluable with his set piece 
ability because we are going to play on the counter again. And that's that's my optimism. So I'm not I'm not as optimistic about this game as, as I normally am. And the reason I, I'm not is it's a way and we're playing against a team that's finding its form and it's finding its stoutness. Now, the optimism side of this part for me comes from we get to play counter-attack football again. We get to like our, our, we saw in the last last the last end of last season when we beat Arsenal, essentially the game that, that allowed us to stay up. Um they wanted to counterattack us and we drew them out and we counterattacked that. We, we we went down to counterattack against them, and if I'm not mistaken, it was Trezeguet that got the goal. Um yeah. I think it's good. I, I think I think it's the same tactic again. We need to draw this team out against us. Defend resolutely, get Luis back into the position he's been in before, and then break with pace and power. We we have an Ollie Watkins up front now. We have a Ross Barkley in midfield now as well. We've got a more intuitive back two of Kanza and Mings, and we've got the pace of Matty Cash um, on the right hand side. For me, I don't. The only change is going to be Trezeguet. It's going to come in there. I think he would have come in anyway if Bertrand Traore was fit. Um, I think he probably would have came in, but I don't think he probably would have came in. I think I think he definitely would have came in for this game away from home. Um, yeah, I think I think he played himself into it anyway. Even if it was just a knock for for a Traore, I think Trezeguet played his way back into the, the, the starting eleven on his performance last week. Yeah, it's 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 vitally important that we can draw this this team out. We can draw their, their if it is El Nenian party, if it's Sebas Sebas, if it's you know, whoever it is there that's going to play in front of that back three, if we can draw them out or at least one of them out a small little bit, it's going to be very important because mm-hmm. I'll say it again, our team relies so heavily on Ross Barkley being able to stand on a defensive um, shield in front of their, in front of either a back three or a back four. We've played against back threes an awful lot this year, um, played against them a ton this year, and we're going to play against them again. And it's very important that when we do that, that you can draw one of those midfielder, midfield shields out from the um, from in front of the back three and get Ross Barkley to stand on that shield so that we can, you know, almost nullify that uh, that 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 defensive wall that comes in there. It's it's super important. It has been in any of the games we've won. Any of the games we've won we've, that we've played against uh, uh, a back three. I know Barkley wasn't there against uh, against Sheffield United. I know Barkley wasn't there against against um, Fulham, but uh, Conor Horan did it against Fulham, and he interchanged with with McGinn. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see. I think we could see Conor Horan come back into this team in place of Ross Barkley, and there could be a lot of interchangeability there because over the last two games, Barkley's been slow to get back. First two games, he was fantastic at it. Got a ankle injury. Whether he's right, whether he's wrong, I don't know. Um, with regards to from a fitness side of things, maybe this is the game to spring him and get twenty good minutes out of him, as opposed to uh, you know his 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 niggle getting getting the better of him for a whole in ninety minutes because he's played a lot of football on that dodgy ankle. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I actually felt that he, Connor should have at least got a, a run towards the end of the last two games. I thought the game was going out for him. So I, I honestly I can't see I can't see him going with him from the start, but uh, yeah I probably would too I'd agree with you there I, th- I think it would be the way to go, um from the start but um you know you need to you need to keep Ross Barkley on his toes as well from my opinion, so it'll be interesting um I don't think there'll be any changes other than Trezeguet coming in from Traore, but uh, 
but it's not like the first few games where we're talking about changing a winning team. We're not changing a winning team. So um, I don't think that matters either. He brought in Barkley uh, after us winning the week before mm. with Connor, and we didn't expect it either. So, you know, he's his own man. He makes his own decisions. And uh, look, we need to get back on track. I'd, I'd hate to go into a two-week um, break off a bit of a tonkin. So fingers crossed, um we, we can get something out of it and my prediction is a one-all draw. That was my prediction. I was, I, I'm, I think all the numbers stack up that it's probably, that it, you know, at home, the history with Arsenal, Arsenal's um, good start to the season. I know we've had a good start to the season. Um, the structure that they have, the players they have, the bench that they have and so on, it probably does look like it edges out in Arsenal's favour. And I know I'm not usually uh, divisive of pessimism or whatever. Um, I'm going to go with yours as well, though, for one-all draw. I think this is, once again, in the bracket of uh, let's try not to lose this game. Against Leeds, we lost it in the second half. We completely lost it. In, against Southampton, we completely lost the game in the first half. 90 minutes of complimentary football and defence, midfield and attack. Let's let's not lose this. Let's force Arsenal to beat us if they're going to. I think we're well, well capable of going to the Emirates and getting a win. I do think most likely, though, it, this is uh, this is a setting up for a one-all draw as well, a score draw. Um, but as you say, it's very, very much consequent of keeping it tight for the first 45 minutes and keep it making sure that Aston Villa are in this with a shout and don't have a situation where we're three goals down or four goals down five minutes into the second half. Because I know we're saying this and it might sound knee-jerk, but it's happened us the last two games where we've conceded a lot of goals in a short space of time. And that's the Aston yeah. Villa of old. It wasn't the Aston Villa we saw in the first four games of the season. And we need to find that Aston Villa again. So it's uh, it's that for me is vitally important, more so than even the result, is that we find that Aston Villa again that can that can uh, can defend resolutely, defend stoutly, and break on the counter. And this is the perfect team to be coming up against, considering they play three at the back. Yeah. Um. One or two small things before we go. Uh, happy birthday to well, it would be his birthday to Ron Saunders. It would be eighty eight years today. Um. And also a couple of uh, call-ups to the, obviously, Jack Grealish and Tyrone Mings. Nothing really new there. They're, they're almost yep. fixtures within that. Uh, it would be madness if they weren't called up. Uh, calling them up is one thing. Using them is another thing. Um, so we don't want to yeah, beat the that up. The ironic thing is I'd say, I'd say we're likely to see Jack starting against the Republic of Ireland next week. Yeah. Jack and Declan Rice in the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, also a mention for Jack, who was nominated for October Player of the Month as well. So congratulations to him and, and a well-deserved nomination, whether he wins it or not, it's another story. But um, we, we had a great start to the season. Well, he had a, he had an season. unbelievable, like his stat record is 270 minutes, 166 touches, 12 successful dribbles, 10 key passes, three assists, two goals. Like, come on. He basically, he carried the team, absolutely carried the team yeah. um, for an awful lot of it. Like, but sure, what's new? We're looking at it the whole time. We're looking at it the whole time. He's, yeah. he's a fantastic player. Nothing and new to us. Well, nothing new to us as well. A couple of other call-ups. Kane, uh, Kane Hayden Kessler, call-up to the, to the England under-19s, along with uh, Jaden. Uh, what's his name? I, I'm, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, what's his name? Jaden Phil, Philogene Bidance. 
was called up to the to the under 19s and then the under 18s as well. There's a couple of Aston Villa players that were called up there. Aaron Ramsey, Carney was called up there as well, and Louis Barry uh, were all called up to the England under 18s there. Um, so yeah, a nice representation there for Aston Villa with, through the ages with with um, with, Eng- with England call ups, and, and it's great to see. But one thing I do see is that man, nearly every second player on both of those squads is nearly a Man City player. So uh, that's a bit ominous, yeah. I think, uh, to see that between the 18s and 19s. Well, so. whether they bring them through or not, it's another story. They have a habit of um, still going with the money they spend, so I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, an interesting an interesting one for you, Paddy. There, uh, Karamoko Dembele from Celtic is called up to the England under 18s. I know there's a massive tug of war with him, like a three way tug of war, Scotland, England, and uh, um, uh, forgive me, I don't remember which uh, which African yeah. nations com- country that Nigeria, he's... I think, is it? I, think I, I can't remember, uh, but there's a big yeah. tug of war. I've been watching. I've been watching him with, with with close interest for many years because I actually saw him play against St Kevin's boys under thirteens in a tournament in Dublin. That's going back now five or six years. Yeah, but he's he's a real talent. So he's going to be really sought after once he breaks into that first team. And to be honest, he could be in that first team. I, I've no doubt he, he's capable of being in the first team. So uh, to see, this, it's a bold move to, to call him into an England squad, but good luck to him. Um, yeah. He deserves it. But it'll be interesting to see who he declares for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as long as he's not eligible for Ireland, I don't think I can take another one of those, another one of these, like these wonder kids. It's <laughs> well, you it's just mentioned one there, and you and you glossed over it. We we've obviously lost Louis Barry now as well. I I don't think we were ever going to keep Louis Barry, you know. But anyway, well, look, we you, it was ours to lose. We'll we'll just we'll just we'll just keep providing. That's what we're doing. We're like feeder club at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately, send them to us for good training, and we send them back. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> that's what it seems to be. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, this game against uh, against Arsenal. Look, uh, I I very much think that this is a please don't lose game. Uh, get us back up in the horse again before the international break. Re- recalibrate again. We could have players back from injury after the international break. Probably most likely Tom Heaton and uh, would be back. Wesley is looking like he's he might be back maybe around Christmas time. It looks pretty promising. Can't be registered until after um after the first of January anyway. So it doesn't doesn't really make much of a difference. But um yeah, interesting. Nice two week break. We're only five six weeks. Six weeks, I think, out now from the from the transfer window. So uh, just stay safe, all those all these players that do go in international duty after this, and yeah. and hopefully we can come back and consolidate as we get into the to the perennially busy year, a busy time period of November, December, and January. That's where uh, teams win and lose momentum. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can follow Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can follow the podcast here on Love McGrath Pod. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening to po- listening to any of the podcasts we put out. Like it's 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 just fantastic and, and the outpouring of love through through all the social media. Um, one thing I will ask is if you haven't already subscribed and given us a five star and maybe a written review on on iTunes, it it it'd be very much appreciated. Reason being is it it, it just helps us get the podcast out there. And um, we want to try and reach as many people as we possibly can because uh, just love talking about Aston Villa. And the more people that listen, the more opportunities we have to talk about Aston Villa with people as well. So uh, thanks very much to everybody for all you do. As I say, any five star ratings and, and written reviews always 
well appreciated as well. So thanks a million. Um, thanks a million for, for, for everything you do. So we've got a Sunday afternoon game, 7.15, I think it is, against Arsenal. Last game of the pay-per-view era. Just quickly, some breaking news. Dean Smith is nominated for October Manager of the Month. <laughs> You've got alerts turned out on Twitter too, have you? <laughs> well, fair play to Dean Smith. I, th- I think he's, well, a, a rough end to the month as well, but uh, to be nominated as well, I think is is, is quite kudos for him too because uh, no one expected us to have 12 points after four games, regardless of the last two, two games that we've had. And a lot of it is down to the technical uh, stewardship of Dean Smith. So 100%. well done to Mr. Smith as well. So thanks very much, everybody. Uh, Arsenal weekend. Here's hoping. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.